What are we discussing on today's podcast, you ask? Well, we got a glimpse of the answer backs, but they still fell short in game one to the LA Dodgers discussing that game. Did Corbin Carroll already lock up the NL Rookie of the Year race discussing his odds on today's podcast and then wrapping it up with Zach Allen, still the Cy Young favorite, discussing all that on today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash MLB or enter promo code LOCKEDONMLB for a free white tech hat with any order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. And just for a quick reference, I got the hat on for our YouTube audience. I'm Miller Thomas, host of this wonderful podcast. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Or just look up Locked on Diamondbacks, both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. Day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friends. One of those platforms is YouTube. So please hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel. And typically, I like to bring on one of my bobbleheads, one of the D-backs bobbleheads I have on this podcast feed for the YouTube audience, but because this D-backs team is on a seven-game losing streak, no Keta Marte, no Zach Allen bobbleheads on the stream until the D-backs at least get a victory and break the streak because I, for a small little smidge there, I thought the D-backs might actually come back and shock this Dodgers team for, let's say this was a three-hour game, for two hours and 55 minutes of this game, I did not think the D-backs had any chance of coming back or winning this game. But the final five minutes in that ninth inning, I was like, are the D-backs actually doing something here? Are the answer backs actually back? Because guess what? In the eighth inning, when the D-backs start to put together that little rally, that little comeback they had with the Tommy fans of the world, I was like, okay, this is cute. I'm glad to see Tommy Pham make his first positive play with the D-backs this season because it's been a struggle for him so far to start his Arizona tenure. He was thrown out in this game, and I was just happy to see him do something positive. I was happy to see the D-backs finally do something positive at the plate in the eighth inning because those first seven innings of the ball game was such a drag by this D-backs offense. Once again, they couldn't do anything. They were 0 for 3 runners in scoring position, and the three Ways that they got those runners in scoring position. The first way, wild pitch. The second way was a fielder's choice. The third way was a steal. So at least you actually did a positive play to get your run scoring opportunity that third time around. The first two, the other team um, either had the wild pitch or you created an out to get someone at second base. So I wouldn't exactly call that a a positive play either. So despite the D-backs putting up runs in the eighth inning after not doing anything the first seven innings because I do appreciate the D-backs at least doing something in this eighth inning so they are not getting shut out once again let alone getting shut out but by this LA Dodgers team but 
Even with the D-backs scoring runs and showing signs of life in that eighth inning, I still didn't believe that the D-backs were going to come back in this ballgame, which is absolutely insane because if I told you mid-June that the D-backs were down two runs entering the ninth inning, down three runs entering the bottom of the ninth inning, and then you had cut it to a one-run game with a man on base and Corbin Carroll coming up to the plate— if I told you that was a scenario, you might have put it at a coin flip that the D-backs were going to come back in that game, despite it even being the Dodgers. If I told you D-backs after eight, after eight innings were down four runs and then in the bottom of ninth with a man on and one out and Corbin Carroll out the plate, do the D-backs still come back in that game? Yeah, I think you still think the D-backs have a pretty good shot at coming back in that game because up until that point, mid-June, all you've seen is the D-backs may come back after comeback. It's why they were nicknamed the answer backs. And you know what? In this game, even though the D-backs started showing signs of life and fight, which we haven't seen in weeks from this team, I still didn't think this team was going to come back despite the favorite for the NL Rookie of the Year. At the plate, I still did not have a lot of belief in this D-backs team coming back. The vibes around this team is so bad right now. I just don't have a lot of faith in them winning ball games and against a team like the LA Dodgers. It feels like the LA Dodgers come in. I just big bro the D-backs a lot of times. And I can't even blame the D-backs because when they're at Chase Field in their home ballpark, it's basically a Dodgers home game. So much white and blue. The crowd goes crazy every time the Dodgers do a positive play. It has to be demoralizing for the players as well. And the fans have to do a better job. But what can you do if the Dodgers buy up all the seats, right? You can only do so much there. So Glad that the D-backs didn't get shut out in this game, but upset that the D-backs weren't able to complete the comeback after seeing them complete so many comebacks in this game because those final few minutes of this ball game, like I had to sit up in my chair like it was the final two minutes in a 2K battle with my best friend, right? Like you know that moment when you have to flip the switch on, you sit up in the chair after crouching the whole time. And it's like, all right, let's get real. That's what I got with this D-backs game. Like I had to sit up in my chair. It's like, okay, this thing's about to get real. D-backs might come back in this one. And unfortunately they did not. And there was just so many, so many plays that led to this D-backs loss. Like Carson Kelly could have had a phenomenal best game of the season, but David Peralta, former freight train, former D-backs friend, now foe, playing for the enemy, robs Carson Kelly of a two-run shot in Chase Field. Makes me want to throw up. Nick Ahmed can't make a routine play up the middle. That's like Gordon Ramsay not being able to make some scrambled eggs. And FYI, if you ever look at a video of Gordon Ramsay making scrambled eggs, they are quite watery in my opinion. The D-backs for most of this game were bad. At least they come back late. But... Before that eighth inning, I was tracking it. Before the eighth inning in this game, the D-backs only had four doubles in their last seven games prior to the eighth inning where they had, of course, a triple and some extra base hits. So this D-backs team just needs to get more extra base hits going. I mean, they only had the triple by Alec Thomas in that ninth inning. So you could say they've had five non-home run extra base hits in the last seven games, which is just not good enough. That's why they're just not enough run scoring opportunities and just... Every run scoring opportunity that they do get has just not really been created by the D-backs themselves. So they need to do a better job in doing that. Quick note on Brendan Fott. Didn't think he was terrible tonight. Uh, it wasn't great, Fott. He did give up four earned runs in less than five innings pitch, but I didn't think he looked terrible. 
I didn't think he looked great, but I do think it was a positive step in the right direction compared to most starts that we've seen by him. Didn't give up a ton of hard contact, no home runs allowed. So positive night for Brendan Fott overall. But the D-backs got a glimpse of the answer backs, but unfortunately they fall short to game one against the LA Dodgers. And let's just pray and pray and pray they can break the losing streak in game two. Now, I want to talk to you guys about Corbin Carroll's chances of the NL Rookie of the Year and if it's already locked up. But before we get there, I first need to talk to you guys about bird dogs. Because for the YouTube audience, if you look right now, on my head is a bird dog's hat because bird dogs make you look good. A bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as the Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you could get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long so go to birddogs.com slash lockdown mlb or enter promo code lockdown mlb for a free white tech hat with your order that's birddogs.com slash lockdown mlb or promo code lockdown mlb for a free white tech hat you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you Don't forget to catch every D-backs pitch on their hometown broadcast when you download the Sirius XM app and search up Diamondbacks. And for the YouTube audience, yes, I accidentally put up the ending screen on accident, so please don't make fun of me in the comments section. But let's get back into the podcast and let's let's discuss Corbin Carroll's uh, Rookie of the Year chances because we all know Corbin Carroll is the heavy favorite for the NL Rookie of the Year because as he should, Corbin Carroll has been a stud this whole season. He's been fantastic. All-star in the All-Star game. Going to get some MVP votes at the end of the year. Really, I mean, at the end of the year, there's going to be a lot of articles written on Corbin Carroll about he's going to be one of the faces of the future and all the different stats are going to that are going to come out about how Corbin Carroll had one of the best rookie seasons of all time because what Corbin Carroll is doing this year is historic by rookie standards, even by normal people's standards. I mean, I got some stats for you that show you how insane uh, this season has been for Corbin Carroll. And it's been so insane, actually, that I wanted to do this topic and segment because my homie kind of put me onto this the other day because he works in uh he, he works for like a sports betting company and he's like you know we've already taken Corbin Carroll's Rookie of the Year betting odds down we're already starting to pay out people for his Rookie of the Year award I was like what what do you mean you're already starting to pay out folks like he's like yeah like we think it's already over we're already paying out folks and if you look up. On FanDuel or DraftKings, NL Rookie of the Year odds, you cannot find them. You can find AL Rookie of the Year odds, Cy Young, MVP, but NL Rookie of the Year odds do not exist. Do not exist because Corbin Carroll is running away with the award, and it is not even close. Voters, I definitely think, are going to vote for Corbin Carroll. And according to FanDuel betters, DraftKings betters, they also think voters are going to vote for Corbin Carroll, and they think the race is already over. And you can't really blame them because here's one of my fun facts. Since the first MLB All-Star game in 1993, 
There have been three players to rack up 15 home runs, 25 stolen bases, and two walk-off hits before the All-Star break in the season. 1973, Bobby Bonds. 2011, Matt Kemp. And 2023, Corbin Carroll. Carroll is in some fantastic company there. Bobby Bonds, of course, he's no Barry, but he still had a fantastic season. And Matt Kemp, before he uh, left Major League Baseball, did have some very high highs there for the Los Angeles Dodgers. So Corbin Carroll right now is running away rookie with Rookie of the Year. And it's really not too much of a surprise when you compare him to the rest of the rookies because I do like a lot of the rookies this year. I think it's a very strong class. But when you compare Corbin Carroll to the field, it's not really that close because I'll just do it for you real quick because the Reds are going to have like four rookies in the top seven of voting. If you remember, one of my preseason predictions from this year was the D-backs were going to have three rookies in the top five of Rookie of the Year voting. I thought it was going to be Corbin Carroll and like a combination of like Ryan Nelson or Dre Jameson or Brandon Fott. And Corbin Carroll is going to win the award, but those next three guys will not finish in the top five of the Rookie of the Year voting, unfortunately. But compare Corbin Carroll to the rest of the field. I mean, Matt McLean, I think, is going to finish second in the Rookie of the Year voting. He's on the Cincinnati Reds. And if you compare him to Corbin Carroll with WRC Plus and Ward, like in terms of impact like McLean might be the most comparable guy of all these rookies but because Corbin Carroll has like 30 plus games on him the numbers are just not going to be anywhere near Corbin Carroll's for Matt McLean De La Cruz Ellie De La Cruz is one of the most fun one of the most electric rookies we've seen in a long time the most the second most electric rookie this season to a Corbin Carroll um even has moments and flashes this year where he's been more fun but Ellie De La Cruz since that hot start has faded a little bit and if you look at the numbers not as impressive as you might have remembered from when he first got called up Francisco Alvarez for the New York Mets has been phenomenal 20 plus home runs 800 plus OPS but he's a catcher and because Corbin Carroll's going to finish with like 55 stolen bases and he has more power than a Francisco Alvarez. I just don't think Alvarez's numbers are going to be anywhere near or he's going to have the impact of a Corbin Carroll. Spencer Steer, another guy. Really good. Cincinnati Reds. Just not Corbin Carroll. Kodai Senga, I think him or Matt McClain deserve to be second in Rookie of the Year voting. Senga's been absolutely phenomenal this year. Double-digit strikeouts per nine. Near uh, really low threes, ear ray. Like, Senga has been absolutely phenomenal. I just think... The case against him, his team sucks. He's on the New York Mets, and he's old. Like, he's like, I don't know how old he is. He's like 29 years old um, as a rookie pitcher. Like, he's coming over from Japan as a professional. He's been pitching on a professional level for years now. So it's not like a guy coming up from double-A to triple-A. This is his first season. He's been playing against grown men and probably some major leaguers already, right? There's major leaguers in Japan. So Sanga's already more seasoned than that. So when you really do compare Corbin Carroll to the rest of the field, it's not even close. The race is locked up. All Corbin Carroll has to do is stay healthy. And even if he gets hurt right now with 108 games under his belt, the betters are telling you it's over. These casinos are telling you it's over. Corbin Carroll is going to take home the NL Rookie of the Year race. And I'm very happy to see it. Now, one thing I am upset to see, though, is the MVP chances for Corbin Carroll. Because at one point, Carroll was second in MVP odds, just to Ronald Acuna back in late June, if you could believe that. I saw an article back on June 26 when Corbin Carroll was second on FanDuel in MVP voting to Ronald Acuna. But if you look today at the NL MVP voting, it's Acuna, 
by a landslide as the favorite. He's at minus 50. Second is Freddie Freeman, plus 400. Then it jumps to Matt Olsen, plus 3,200. Mookie Betts, plus 3,200. Juan Soto, plus 10,000. Fernando Tatis, plus 18,000. Christian Yelich, plus 18,000. And then this is where it gets fun. Ozzy Albies plus 20,000. Christian Walker plus 20,000. Corbin Carroll plus 20,000. Nolan Arenado plus 20,000. Will Smith plus 20,000. Ketel Marte plus 20,000. And there's a few guys, a few other guys plus 20. There's a lot of plus 20,000s, but Corbin Carroll, Ketel Marte, Christian Walker, all tied at plus 20,000. They basically all sit in this big tier tied for the six best odds, I believe, um, among all all people to win the MVP or maybe it's seventh best odds. So Corbin Carroll goes from second in MVP odds back in late June to tied for seventh with his own teammates, Ketel Marte and Christian Walker, which is kind of crazy. The D-backs have fallen far from grace. Corbin Carroll has been struggling in the second half, but guess what? There's still like 50-something games left in the season, and Corbin Carroll can definitely get hot once again and carry this team down the stretch. And if he does that with Ronald Cunha, Going down with injury, I never wish an injury on anyone. But with Acuna going down and with the D-backs 50 games left and Carroll gets hot, hey, maybe he can finish second in MVP voting. Now I want to talk to you guys about Zach Gallon's chances to win the Cy Young Award. But before we get there, I first need to talk to you guys about the Sleeper app because this is something that I use daily once the fantasy football season rolls around. But the great thing about sleeper is you can use the app right now because do you think Corbin Carroll or Shohei Otani is going to hit a home run tonight if you do swing for the fences and pick them on the sleeper app because you could get up to a hundred times payout all you have to do is choose at least two or more players and you can also select some stat categories for them like home runs strikeouts hits and more and if you get it right get your picks right you can win big, like I said, a hundred times payout. And the Sleeper app is great because it's fantasy sports plus real money gaming app focused on bringing people together through sports and gaming. Sleeper is the fastest organically growing fantasy platform in the world with over 5 million active users. And when October, the fall season rolls around. Best believe I'm using Sleeper daily, like I said, because I use it for dynasty football. It's great. It's great for rookie drafts, it's great for dynasty drafts, it's great for just archiving your team and your players year after year. So I love the Sleeper app. So please go to Sleeper, use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Don't forget to catch every D-backs pitch on their hometown broadcast when you download the Sirius XM app and search up Diamondbacks. Now let's get back into the podcast and let's wrap it up with a little discussion on Zach Gallen and can he potentially win the Cy Young Award? Because as I said all season, it has not felt like a very good, strong Zach Gallen season. I felt like he's been very shaky, very up and down this year. And even with that being said, if you go to FanDuel right now and look at the NL Cy Young Race, he is the favorite at plus 200. Now it is super close. Blake Snell plus 300, Justin Steele plus 500. And I just want to talk about the top six on this list, which is Gallon Snell, Justin Steele, Logan Webb, Spencer Strider, and Corbin Burns. Because, like I said, I haven't felt 
I don't even think Zach Allen has pitched to a Cy Young level this year, but when you look at the case for him, it's pretty clear why he's the favorite Excuse me, on FanDuel right now because the uh, the field is really not that strong for the NL Cy Young Award race. Last year, it was over at like the All-Star break. Like If you look at last year, the MVP and the Cy Young Award race both felt kind of over by the All-Star break. Like Goldie was having like a triple crown type season. Obviously, he didn't finish with the triple crown, but he was having that type of year all year. Then Sandy Alcantara had like, uh, what, 100 more innings pitched than anyone else or something crazy, a lot more strikeouts. Like Those two guys were just clear and a cut. The best above uh, the the best above the rest um, in the MVP and Cy Young Award race last year, but this year the NL Cy Young Award race super duper close and really a lot of these guys have really strong cases. I think Zach Allen has the best case, but he has to pitch well down the stretch. He can't rest on his laurels because this is a super tight Cy Young race. Because like I said, the top six guys I want to focus on for this exercise: Gallon, Snell, Steele, Webb, Strider, Burns, because all six of those guys probably have at least eight to 10 starts remaining in their season. So this race is not wrapped up at all. This is not Corbin Carroll in the rookie of the year race. This race is still wide open. Now, if you want to make the case for Zach Gallen as to why he is the favorite and why he should win if the season ended today, he's the only pitcher in the NL top three in innings pitch, strikeout, and wins, while also fifth in ERA and second in whip. He just has the best overall case i think statistically he's basically top five top three or the best in every major pitching category for pitchers but if you want to know the case for others because of why this race is so close if you look at a guy like blake snell in the san diego padres he leads the nl in era there's only two pitchers in the there's only two pitchers in the nl with a sub three era snell is one of them he also has basically 12 strikeouts per nine innings strikeout machine not giving up runs. The case against him leads the NL and walks aloud, and he has way less innings than Zach Allen. How about a guy like Justin Steele? I think he is potentially the biggest threat to a Zach Allen, him or Logan Webb. Justin Steele tied for the most wins in the NL, second in the array, really good walk numbers. So, and you also have to remember. The Cubs are making a playoff push. They stole a wild card spot from the D-backs. Maybe he doesn't have name value, but considering how well the Cubs have been playing and now Marcus Stroman is on the injured list, if he's looked at as the guy in that rotation with how good his numbers are, I could see him potentially surpassing Zach Allen in the Cy Young Award race. Spencer Strider, he's the strikeout machine. I think in terms of flair and sexiness, people want to vote for him, but He's got a year ray near four does gives up. He does give up runs like I don't think Strider's perfect. I think he's clearly behind Zach Allen in the Cy Young award race. Logan Webb, he's the other guy, either him or Justin Steele, I think are the biggest threat to a Zach Allen because he leads the NL in innings pitch. Top five in strikeouts, best strikeout to walk ratio in the NL. Great command, but his issue is nine and nine record, which isn't sexy, but he does have a strong case overall. And with the Giants also Late passing the Arizona Dimebacks, I think that could matter down their stretch. Corbin Burns, best whip in baseball, good ERA, good ERA, fifth in innings pitch. And he's also Corbin Burns, so I think he has a bit of a name value there. But he just doesn't have a strong case like these other guys. Like I really do think it's down to Zach Allen, Justin Steele, Blake Snell, Logan Webb, with Steele and Webb probably being 1A, 1B. And I really do think, even with a Blake Snell, the playoffs are going to matter like 
<laughs> Gallon's team, Snell's team, Steele's team, and Webb's team are all going to fight each other for one of these wild card spots. And if you look at, like, if Gallon goes on another scoreless streak and you could point to him as four or five wins down the stretch, that is crucial for the D-backs making the postseason. That's going to be huge. I think voters can look at that as a tip in his feather for the Cy Young for the Cy Young Award race. The same with everyone else. If Justin Steele with Marcus Stroman out gets hot and the Cubs lock up a playoff spot, yeah, that's going to be great for his case. Same with Logan Webb. If they lock up a case, then he's phenomenal down the stretch. So I do think these final eight to ten starts for each of those pitchers is going to matter a lot. When all those pitchers are in the thick of the wild card race, I really do think the playoffs are going to play a pivotal point in how these voters vote on these awards this year. Not something that we typically do because a lot of times we just make it a performance-based award, especially when you look at the Mike Trouts of the world or even if you look at the Sandy Alcantara last season. But because this race specifically is so close, I do think if you're nitpicking hairs, you could look at the playoff race, how it shook up as the uh, final differentiator. But as it currently stands, if it was voted on today and wrapped up, I think Zach Allen clearly leads among the rest with the best statistical resume of everyone, even though I don't think this is the best version of Zach Allen we've seen because if we got 2022 Zach Allen pitching this year, I think the D-backs are probably still in the wild card mix. I also think Zach Allen is running away with the Cy Young Award, but unfortunately, that's not the reality this year. We got to play the cards we were dealt. And Zach Allen, like a Corbin Carroll, 50 games left, still enough time to turn it around. And Zach Allen definitely has enough time to leave his fingerprint on this playoff race and lock up the Cy Young Award. Now, that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow where we actually talk to Javier Reyes of Locked on Padres. Do a little preview for our series against the San Diego Padres. Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. If you do listen every day, put hashtag every day in the comment section on YouTube. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Doses.